delicious barbecue talk. A look at all things sports via the Sports Lanyap. What's going on at y'all.com? Hey, how about we got dogs and cats on our mind at y'all.com? That's coming up here on today's Y'all Show, plus a very special guest from ReactionaryTimes.com. Julio Rivera will be part of our Southern Political Report, and that is in the very next segment. Welcome in to what we call the Tuesday Y'all Show. I'm John Rawl, and yeah, we got a big, big show here with Julio and Matt Herman's, our barrister at Bodacious Barbecue, all on today's show, mixed in with the headlines across the South. Oh, this is a good one. Buckle up, everybody. Our number, if you want to get involved, 803-816-1170, and the website, y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. Hope y'all doing well. Hope you are doing as good as you can with this darn coronavirus going on. We actually have a little coronavirus-related stories we're going to pass along here in a handful of moments. But also, hey, it's officially about to be hurricane season, and we've got the list of the new hurricane names as well as some tips, especially if you live along the East Coast or Gulf Coast. You might want to pay attention here early in the month of May because this might come back to help you pretty soon if we have a an ugly tornado, or rather, an ugly hurricane season in the next couple of days and and i mentioned tornadoes because i've seen in the last two weeks tornadoes hit beaches of the south i know there was a tornado spotted around destin about a week and a half ago and about two weeks ago at edisto beach in south carolina man i mean i saw more damage there than i'd seen in a hurricane that hit edisto beach in the last few years so yeah our beach areas are prone to even the possibility of a tornado and even maybe even worse water spouts those are also an ugly ugly thing that can pop up along the coast of our of our southeast hey if you want to hit us up via email we welcome that feedback y'all show at y'all.com let's dive into the headlines of what's going on across the southeast today and have you heard anything about a possible food shortage as the supply chain of the nation is being affected by some of these plants that have been essentially shut down because of having so many hundreds of workers test positive for the coronavirus well now it looks like fast food chain wendy's says that some of their locations may face possible food supply shortages here in the coming days as the nation's meat supply chain struggles to keep up and due to this again wendy's saying that they're going to have some problems keeping the beef where's the beef (laughs) who knows According to one news outlet, Wendy's locations in Kentucky have not been able to offer their full menus here of late. A spokesperson for Wendy's confirmed that the chain is struggling from a production challenge, which could cause these menu items to become unavailable or be in short supply. And the situation, according to the spokesperson, is expected to be temporary. Yes, as you might not be able to get your your big burger there or your chili. Some of us really love that Wendy's chili Surely this is not affecting the Frosties of Wednesday, but of Wendy's. But if it's affecting Wendy's, likely some of your other chains out there will be hurt pretty bad by a shortage of some of the meat that Wendy's is suffering from right now. And again, some of your own other favorite fast food joints, and even in the, your local grocery store, you might be seeing if if the supply chain's not already messed up. The reason that we're bringing this up is because chances are some of you have panicked and have gone in and 
and gouged the meat counters at your local grocer and now you're for sure going to be struggling to get that hamburger if you haven't got it already you might might want to go down there and, and and be wise in your purchase don't overdo it we all have to get through this craziness together okay how about this feel-good story coming to us from the state of Louisiana? A 12-year-old Covington, Louisiana girl survived coronavirus and a heart attack at the same time. She said she died and came back. 12-year-old Juliet Daly. An amazing story there. After being airlifted to a hospital, as she had a rough, rough go of it. And yeah, she not only had the coronavirus, but she had a heart attack. And together, she's now passed both of them. And she had symptoms that didn't start with many of the symptoms that affect adults. Breathing problems, for example. She actually had stomach pain and vomiting. And her mother, who was a radiologist, thought maybe that she had an appendicitis or some other type of stomach problem. But her lips were turning blue and her limbs were cold. And then she went to the emergency room around the Louisiana area where she lives. And there she had a heart attack underwent cpr and eventually had to be airlifted to oshner medical center in new orleans where they ended up finding out that she had had covid19 and they treated her ultimately and she's out now thank goodness but a survivor story coming to us from this 12 year old in covington louisiana juliet daly way to go there on the north shore of lake pontchartrain more stories coming in in the southeast because of the coronavirus you might know that a lot of the uh, congregations christian jewish whatever the faith might be have essentially been shuttered for from at least having people present the congregation present uh, over the last six weeks the department of justice has now sided with a church that's suing the governor of virginia ralph northam after a pastor who held a 16 person service faced a fine and jail time and now the justice department of the country is siding with kevin wilson who was the pastor of the lighthouse fellowship church on chincoteague island and they're siding with him for holding that service back on april 5th with 16 people spaced far apart from one another in a church that could sit three uh, almost 300 people state officials said that wilson and the church violated the virginia constitution by breaking state-imposed social distancing restrictions intended to stop the spread of the coronavirus uh but hey he's got the law on the side now as the doj siding with the church now over the governor and over the virginia the, the officials there are trying to prosecute him in that state I don't have the story in front of me, but I also read here in the last couple of days about a sheriff, I think in Georgia, who's saying he's not going to prosecute anybody for any kind of coronavirus violation, even though on the books it says you can't gather and do all this kind of stuff. The the sheriff of the county there in rural Georgia already said, nope, nope, not, not going to do it here. <laughs> all right. We're almost to hurricane season. Yes, hurricane season will last several months and just in time for the hurricane season we've got the list according to the national hurricane center of the names and we'll just read off the first couple of them just so you'll maybe get familiar with them hopefully none of these will actually materialize we don't have to worry about hurricanes here in the fall and summer of 2020 hurricane arthur bertha cristobal dolly edward faye gonzalo hannah Isaiah. Josephine, Kyle, Laura, Marco, Nana, Omar, and I won't go on beyond that. Normally, we don't get through the entire alphabet 
of the hurricane season. But yes, that's your list of the hurricane names for the 2020 season. And some people have already predicted that we may have a pretty bad hurricane season coming up here this summer and on through the fall. The Atlantic hurricane season starts June 1st, and we know that we've seen hurricanes pop up just after that here in the past. We don't want to have what we had happen last year, Hurricane Dorian, which was so devastating to the Bahamas and then went up the Atlantic seaboard a little bit. That was the worst of 2019. But there you have it, starting with here in the very near future, you're likely to see some kind of storm materialize into Arthur in the year 2020. Moving on to more hurricane-related stories for you here on today's Y'all Show. The state of Florida and the Hurricane Center is dedicating here this first week of May to having you be prepared for hurricanes and more. So starting over the weekend... You had on Sunday, on May 3rd, determining your risk. They have a seven-step plan to help you get prepared for hurricanes. On Sunday, determining your risk. On Monday, it was develop an evacuation plan. Today, assemble a disaster supply kit. That's a good thing to do today, y'all. On Wednesday, get an insurance checkup is a good tip for you. Strengthen your home on May 7th. On Friday, May 8th, help your neighbor. And then on Saturday, complete a written plan all as part of hurricane preparedness week going on this very week as we need to get ready no matter where you live on the gulf coast or atlantic coast as june 1st will be here before you know it come up with a plan let's all get through this hurricane season as as easy as we possibly can here this year and even if you live well inland if you live in a state that doesn't even have a beach hurricanes can affect you too so you need to be prepared thus the reason we have hurricane preparedness week going on right now well this is tuesday we want to remind you we've got in the next segment a fantastic conversation coming with julio rivera he is with reactionarytimes.com and julio is a conservative pundit and he's got some things to say about donald trump and joe biden and perhaps even joe biden's running mate all that coming up in our southern political report with our special guest julio rivera in the very next segment But since we're having Julio on, we're not going to have time for a full Southern political report today. So I'm going to give you a little miniature Southern political report, if you don't mind. And up first, we talk about what's going on in the Lone Star State. Right now, according to a latest poll coming out of the Lone Star State of Texas, President Trump and Joe Biden are locked in a dead heat for Texas. That is not good news for the president as right now, according to a Dallas Morning News University of Texas at Tyler poll, shows that they're backed by 43% of the poll respondents with 5% opting for other candidates and 9% undecided. Now, back in February, Trump had a one-point lead over Biden with 11% at that time choosing neither. But Texas, it, it looks like it could be a little bit closer. Most people would think if you lose Texas as a Republican to a Democrat, it's party over. There's no way you're going to win. And right now, Texas looks like Joe Biden could be making a big comeback in that state against the president here for the November general election. Now, the president may be having a hard time there in Texas, but he's got a good time going on just outside of his estate at Mar-a-Lago, Palm Beach, Florida, as over the weekend, hundreds of boats near Mar-a-Lago 
were all decked out supporting the president. Yes, as these boats gathered to show support for the president, marinas opened to the public on April 29th after closing all public recreational areas back in March. The governor has allowed that to open. And to show appreciation, hundreds of residents there in South Florida organized a parade to show their support for the president outside of Mar-a-Lago. Now, the bad news for these people on the boats right there outside the president's now residents he's officially registered to vote there at mar-a-lago he wasn't at home this past week and he was vacationing but not there he was at camp david which he really was having more of a working retreat as opposed to a vacation but good looking boats there which reminds me have you seen the video of the other floridian i don't know where this was in florida but a person had a trump flag on their dock there on a inlet somewhere in florida and a person across from them complained to the local association i guess of the the subdivision they were in and guess what the guy did he lowered that trump flag but he took his nice speedboat in and got it wrapped with a big old trump message on the speedboat so whoever complained now they got to look at this trump boat going forward and as we wrap up our headlines today we'll take you to north carolina in the lumberton area in robeson county a high-speed chase on i-95 that started in harnett county ended in lumberton has left three north carolina state troopers injured with a one requiring service requiring surgery but can you imagine who the person guilty of this high-speed chase is it's a 75-year-old man, Curtis Benjamin Calvin, and now he's charged with a felony, eluding law enforcement after he led a chase that led North Carolina State Highway Patrol officials on a chase that lasted up to 30 minutes and speeds reached of 140 miles per hour right there on Interstate 95 in eastern North Carolina. Calvin injured a state trooper when his car rammed into the car of the trooper, and two other state troopers have minor injuries because Calvin did not stop fighting yeah this 75 year old man causing a lot of problem here in the last couple of days in eastern north carolina he's currently in the harnett county jail under a fifty-seven thousand dollar bond and yeah he might be a septuagenarian but he's packing a lot of punch and we wish the trooper all the best as he recovers after this 140 mile per hour chase on i-95 with a 75 year old man behind the wheel mr calvin whoa you you're in a load of trouble right now when we come back we're going to switch over and have our southern political report continue on with julio rivera of reactionarytimes.com it's going to be a great conversation and it is coming up next asthma symptoms can attack anywhere like on a city street Now, you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. I've always wanted to learn another language, but every time I try, it never sticks. So I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and it starts with simple words and phrases, and soon you're putting those words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words I'm struggling with so I can practice them and get better. I chose Babbel because it was created by real language teachers. 
They built it around real life, how people actually communicate, and what they care about. I can't wait to use my new language skills in the real world. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> With Babbel, get conversational in Spanish, French, German, and more. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. And this is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. It is our Southern political report here on the program that's all about the South. And we're going to mix in a little Southern politics with the coronavirus talk and the great territory of Puerto Rico. And we're going to do all that courtesy of our next guest. Julio Rivera is the editorial director of ReactionaryTimes.com. And he's on with us right now to give his unique perspective as he calls himself a conservarican. And he's on with us right now on the Y'all Show. Hello, Julio. Hey, how are you today, John? Uh, can you speak up just a little bit? I'm having trouble hearing you. I'll be happy to. And I'll also try to make it where you can understand me because I'm one of those Southerners, Julio, which you're a real Southerner. No. You're a real Southerner. I definitely can understand you. I definitely, I, I, I've spent a lot of time in the South, so I'm, I'm familiar with the accent. Okay. Well, where are you? Where have you spent time in the South? Oh, all over the entire uh, Southern uh, uh, East Coast of the United States. Actually, since 2001, I've traveled there extensively. One time in one month, I traveled to every major city in, in the Southeastern United States. It was part of when I was in the music business. We were on a promotional tour for a client of a marketing company that I was with. And we started in um, uh, uh, New Orleans <laughs> and we zigzagged as far west as Houston, as far south as Miami and, you know, all through the Carolinas, Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia. We were basically everywhere, Alabama. There wasn't a, a state in that area that we didn't touch that month. Okay. Well, Julio, do we need to give Ate you... Ate a lot of catfish too, by the way. Ate oh. a lot of catfish. A lot of catfish. Well, if you spent time in the South like that, Julio, and you're a native of Puerto Rico, did you see similarities between Puerto Rico and the South? Um, you know, not necessarily. Yes, in some ways, no, in others. I, I think, you know, the, the climate-wise, it's, it's very similar. Uh, you see a lot of the same type of, I guess, foliage and those sorts of things. But, I mean, um, you know, Puerto Rico is its own little... Um, 
I guess, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to be politically correct about this. I mean, it's a mess in Puerto Rico. The politics are horrible. You know, there's a lot of uh, criminality there, um, a lot of pay to play. Um, it's just really a mess down there. I, I feel really ashamed as a Puerto Rican of, you know, what, what's become of the island politically under, you know, liberal rule. We're visiting with Julio Rivera, editorial director of RevolutionaryTimes.com. And as I reactionary times, I'm sorry, reactionary. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm not the first people person. make that mistake all the time. It's all good. Don't worry about uh, it. It was a bad reaction for me. I apologize for you. Yes, sir. right <laughs> here. No, I'm just kidding. Where are you from in Puerto Rico? What what town? Well, my 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 mother's family is from Manati, which is the town where Carlos Beltran, the baseball player, comes from. Um, uh, my father's family lived in uh, Barceloneta, which is like basically in Spanish for a little Barcelona, and that's where my mother resides now i was actually born in new jersey though oh really well this accent that you hear is a new jersey a northeastern similar to a new york accent oh that makes a lot of sense now check it out on mm-hmm. facebook as julio he's at the conservarican on facebook and also the reactionary times they're available on various social media outlets at reactionary tms so if you have the nickname Conservarican, you must be a conservative mm-hmm. Puerto Rican. Is that a is that a bold guess? Exactly. There? Yes. Okay. And how many conservative yeah, Puerto Ricans? You could have been a detective actually, being able to pick that up out of hearing that. Yeah. So how many conservative Puerto Ricans are there? Um, you know what? Not not nearly enough. Uh, to be honest with you, it's funny. I was at CPAC, um, and I was walking around, and and I only saw one other one, which was a uh, Rich Valdez who hosts a, uh, a conservative radio show on WABC radio. There's really not a whole heck of a lot of us, you know, and that's sad. It's a sad commentary. I'm actually backing one of the uh, candidates for Congress this year uh, who comes from um, the congressional district where I grew up, which is very large minority uh, districts, a, a lot of uh, black Americans and a lot of Hispanic Americans of all, you know, different uh, nationalities. But uh, Billy Prempa is running in that district, and, and he's got his ear to the streets. He comes from uh, you know not a neighborhood not far from mine, and it's it's actually sad that there's not enough uh, conservative Puerto Ricans, enough conservative blacks. When you consider you know basically what the results have been under this administration, I mean um, you know the unemployment numbers for blacks and Hispanics under President Trump have been overwhelmingly better than Barack Obama, and they've been the best numbers, in fact, ever put up in history. And you look at the numbers for, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, I think blacks and Hispanics are very entrepreneurial people, and we stand to do a lot better under conservative policies than we ever do, you know, under the, uh, the handout and entitlement system of the progressive left. Makes a lot of sense. Visiting with Julio Rivera, editorial director at ReactionaryTimes.com. He's also a featured columnist at Washington Times, which is a very good media company based out of Washington, D.C. We've had people from that outlet on our program here many times. And as I said, you've kind of made the switch, evidently, from music to politics here, Julio. Yes. How has that been? It's been good. You know, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, what, what happened with me was I was, um, you know, working in the music business in the early part of the millennium. And, um, you know, I wound up having a child. And then, you know, at that point, you know, chasing dreams of, you know, being uh, in the music business kind of wasn't feasible anymore. I had to go to work. So 
I did go into the private sector, which I had a background in uh, debt collection and whatnot. And then after about seven years as an executive uh, for a national debt collection company, I actually purchased a division of the company and went into business for myself. And then I found myself having all kinds of issues with, you know, big government intervention. I think Dodd-Frank and some of the lawsuits that came out of, um, you know, the, the business of selling and reselling debt kind of hampered the industry. So I kind of became a political activist in the wake of that. And then I got very heavily involved in, you know, writing about uh, politics, writing about business. And in particular, I have a, an interest in cybersecurity, which I think, you know, the, the next war, World War Three is really going to be a cyber war. And I think that there's already a lot of instances of countries attacking countries, infrastructure, you know, via uh, the means of uh, uh, cyber hacking. And, you know, China in particular, it's funny, we talk about China all the time, especially now in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. You know, China's been attacking us for years that way, you know, in addition to the intellectual property theft and the trade imbalances and, and just all the other things that they do. So I kind of just I, be, I became very, very involved and I don't want to say obsessed with it, but it became a, a very uh, you know important thing to me. And I, I've spent a lot of my time, you know, blogging, you know, writing columns in a lot of major um, a lot of major websites, in addition to starting Reactionary Times dot com and you know producing reactionary times tv which you can see always on our facebook page and our youtube and on aun on the west coast this week we're actually going to have uh alan west lieutenant colonel alan west will be our guest this week but we always do a show and we always talk about the important issues going on right now in the world politically you know i think that people who are apolitical or say that eh, i don't get involved in politics or are really some of the most foolish people around when you consider that, you know, politics has an effect on our lives, whether we want it to or not. And the largest investment that people from the working class and up will ever make in their lives um, is, is generally is it's to government. It's the taxes. We pay more in taxes than we pay in anything else. If you're a working class person from you know the time that you go into the workforce to the time that you retire. So, I mean, I think it's quite foolish to not have an interest in politics. ReactionaryTimes.com is the website for Julio. Our website right here is y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. And I am so glad, Julio, you made the switch from debt collection to what you're doing now. Not that we have anything against debt collectors out there, but we're excited about what you have at ReactionaryTimes.com. And here in the South, we're a pretty conservative portion of the United States. So I assume you've got mm -hmm. a lot of viewers and people that click on your articles and you get a lot of feedback from right here in the south and i want to know what the people of the south and the rest of the country are saying to you and what you're writing about specifically to this pandemic are we going to get out of this thing okay well i mean ultimately i think a lot of people are concerned with i think what's being perceived and really it is it's a governmental overreach i think right now the the progressives the status that exists within our government at all levels are using the coronavirus pandemic as kind of, you know, uh, the, the excuse, you know, the, the justification for uh, the trampling of uh, a lot of our rights. I mean, I know in New Jersey, to give you an example, the state where I resided in until I left to, uh, you know, uh, live in Europe temporarily last year, you know, Phil Murphy used the coronavirus pandemic as an excuse 
to remove uh, the section of the state website where applications for new gun permits are placed. I mean, what does one have to do with the other? You know, and then you have uh, people saying that you can only buy certain items, deeming what they consider, you know, essential items and goods during a period where, you know, people are restless, quite frankly, and they're spending a lot of time at home and they're afraid of the future. They don't they don't know what the future is going to be. And I think a lot of times taking away some simple things from people like not being able to, you know, barbecue, buy barbecue goods, not being able to buy home improvement goods. They could be working on their house right now with their idle hands, you know, as opposed to what a lot of people seem to be doing based on the crazy posts I read on social media. A lot of people seem to be just sitting around their house drinking wine all day, you know, and putting up all types of crazy posts. People are losing their minds out there. I mean, at the end of the day, people want to be active. They want to get back to work. And quite frankly, there's a lot of sections of the United States that weren't really particularly hit hard by the coronavirus. They should have been up and moving and going all along, you know, they, sh- they shouldn't have been subjected to a lockdown in any way, shape or form if you're in a place where there's really no cases of coronavirus. So, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be ruined from this financially. Um, it's going to cause irreparable harm uh, to a large section, you know, a large uh, section, uh, a sect of Americans, especially uh, small private business. You know, a lot of these people aren't going to recover. And we have people like Nancy Pelosi putting a hold on these relief packages for small businesses. Obviously, the first relief um, package kind of got, I guess, expired. You know, uh, the, the funds dried up and you have Nancy Pelosi right now holding up, uh, you know, further legislation that can help save a lot of American businesses, which are quite frankly, the backbone of the American economy. I mean, these, these small businesses, uh, sole proprietorships, you know, people who are self-employed, a lot of these people are, you know, are, are that group of people, people who work under that designation is, is a large percentage. I would dare I say the majority of workers nowadays, now that we've switched from less of a manufacturing economy and more of a, a, a services-based economy. Julio, I want to ask you here in the South, we are doing things a little bit different, it appears, in terms of our governors and many of our Southern governors from Brian Kemp in Georgia to Henry McMaster in South Carolina, even Bill Lee in Tennessee, all Republicans, by the way, they're trying to kind of get out in front of the national curb in terms of reopening. Do you think there's going to be some some fallback from that, from, I guess, uh, heading into November of these Republicans, if this thing doesn't go well in terms of reopening the region? Well, I mean, I think that there's a, a couple different ways to look at it. There was a study out of the state of California stating that um, it's believed that California in some form has achieved a herd immunity because it's believed by a lot of people that uh, coronavirus has actually been in the state of California since November and it was spreading like wildfire and people were getting it in small doses and, and slowly but surely building up immunity to it. And that's the reason why their curve flattened before anybody else's because they had already been dealing with it uh, for an extended period of time, at least a a little bit longer than most of the rest of the country. And I think that what happens is you you put, you tuck people away and they're within their own sort of, I guess, uh, dramatic uh, 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 ecosystem, if you want to call it that, you know, they're not being exposed to all of the other things that they need to be exposed to in order to continue to build up immunity. So when people initially go out, there might be another spike, how that spike is interpreted and how it's politicized, I think, is what's going to have an effect in November. 
So a lot of these Republican governors are sort of in a no-win situation because it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't open up the economy quick enough, you know, your core, your base is going to turn on you saying that you didn't care enough about the worker and you didn't care enough about the business owner. If you don't open it up too fast and because people have been, you know, uh, have a, had a failure to be exposed to a lot of, you know, just the general, you know, germs and, and bacteria that we that we normally, you know, would absorb on a regular basis just going through life. If our immune systems are weakened because we haven't, they ha- they are, our immune systems haven't been tested, so to speak, recently, and then you have a spike, upward spike of new coronavirus cases, then the political left is going to attack you for not caring about, you know, the sanctity of life. How ironic, right, that the liberals are going to say that Republicans don't care about life, the baby-killing leftists. But, you know, it's, it's really a bad situation. I'm glad that I talk about politics. I'm an activist for the politics that I believe in. But I'm not envious of these people who actually work in politics and have elections to win this coming November. I think it's going to be very, very difficult, um, no matter what political party you're a part of and no matter what position you take right now on the coronavirus pandemic. Wrapping up our conversation with Julio Rivera of Reactionary Times, and you were just picking on some of the people out in California, I think, sitting around drinking wine, and we're showing our Facebook and YouTube audience and y'all.com audience right now a photo bomb of you drinking wine, and you've got Judge Deneen and Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina right there in that photo, as well as Jared Kushner. And they weren't drinking, but you were. So I don't know what the occasion was, but a, a nice photo bomb, regardless. Yeah, that was actually at um, Trump Hotel. Oh, was it? Um, okay. It was actually during Judge Janine's book party, which I was lucky enough to be invited to. And there were a lot of, you know, a lot of very important people were there. Uh, Don Jr. actually not pictured. He was there. Uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Basically, all the all the all the big uh, Hollywood, all the big uh, DC players were there that night, and I was very happy to have been invited uh, to to enjoy that evening. It was it was actually a great party. Was the wine good? The wine was good. Yeah, at Trump Hotel, they only serve the best booze. I will tell you that. I've been in there. The bathroom is amazing there. I don't know if you went in there, but it's gold as you might expect, and. It's a very nice property there in Washington, D.C., the old post office. Yeah, you're, true. you're truly sitting on a throne when you do a number two there. <laughs> Speaking of the president, as we wrap up with you, Julio, is he going to get through this okay? Is, he gonna, is, is this coronavirus going to really hurt his chances in November? I don't think that um, – I think that right now I think his base is, is, is still with him. I think a lot of people are going to perceive, based on his economic victories of the early part of his term, are going to see him as the only man with the skill set to be able to um, to save our economy through this. Now, the, what exists, the, the, you know, the mechanisms that may bring him down, are should we not have a traditional election? You know, an election where we're depending more on mail-in votes and other methods of tabulation, which I think will be ripe for fraud. And you know, the the Democrats are generally synonymous with, you know different types of voter fraud. And I think that there it's going to be an opportunity for them to quote unquote, steal the election from Trump. But I still think if he's running against Joe Biden, sleepy Joe Biden, (laughs) who at this point can't really even form concise sentences at this point, you know, I mean, he's just really, really bad. Um, I feel really bad for him. I I think right now he's being uh, kind of manipulated. They're taking advantage of him. Um, I don't have sympathy for him because of the life that he's led 
and what his politics have been. But but the fact that he's being, I think, used right now and he's a puppet of a, a, a larger system is kind of sad that they'll take somebody who's mentally compromised because I truly believe he is. I think he's slipping, um, you know, uh, more quickly than slowly into uh, dementia. And um, I think that he's really a pathetically weak candidate. So I, I don't think that he can beat President Trump with anything less than uh, a dishonest effort based around voter fraud. That's okay, though. Michelle Obama is going to come right in and take over the, the the ballot, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or if Hillary Clinton, let's say Hillary Clinton gets that. Uh, hey, he's going to pick a woman. He's going to pick a woman. I hope he picks Stacey Abrams, actually. Really? I think that would be a great ticket. Gappy and Gampy. <laughs> Gappy and Gampy 2020. I think it'll be like Laurel and Hardy. It'll be like Abbott and Costello. It'll be a national comedy show. All right, hate mail to reactionarytimes.com. And we're v- wrapping up our conversation with Julio Rivera on Facebook, The Conservarican. That's where you'll find it. And speaking of reactionarytimes.com, as we wrap up with you here, Julio, what all you got going on there on the website this week? Well, right now, our lead story, we have a column about the Jones Act and the economy post-coronavirus pandemic and China's influence um, how should we limit China's influence by former Congressman uh, Ernest Iztuk. Um he, he submitted that piece to us. We have a lot of great daily news. I mean, if you want to get your breaking news anywhere that, you know, you're not going to be manipulated. Our news is who, what, when, where, why. Our opinion pieces are clearly labeled as editorials. And, you know, you, you're going to get opinion there. You're going to get spin there. But our news is who, what, when, where, why. If you want the truth, the real news you know, without getting, you know, uh, a one person's or one news source or one thought leader's point of view, go to Reactionary Times. You can read the news there and make your own opinion. Julio Rivera, thank you very much for coming on today's Y'all Show, and best of luck there at ReactionaryTimes.com. Hey, well, thank you all. All right. I like the way you said that. And that will wrap up our political report here on today's Y'all Show. Don't forget, we've got barbecue talk. I think Julio would approve of that. That's coming up in hour two of this, the show that's all about the South. This is the Y'all Show. I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor. (laughs) Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. 
Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com. Sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. And we are continuing on with the Y'all Show, powered by Y'all.com. Y'all, the ultimate guide to the South. Go on to our website right now and check out fantastic stories. In fact, I'm going to give you a little preview of a great feature we have up right now. And if you are the proud owner of a four-legged creature, you're going to have to pay close attention to what I'm about to tell you. Also, we need you to go to Y'all.com on Facebook and follow slash subscribe to that feed. And every day when we have multiple stories go up on y'all.com, they instantly get shared at y'all.com on Facebook. And so you're not going to miss out. And it allows you to instantly click a button and share it with all your buddies or gal pals. And everybody will know what's going on in the South. Thanks to y'all.com and y'all.com on Facebook. Don't forget, you can reach us here on the Y'all Show, 803-816-1170. Also on Instagram and Twitter, we're at Y'all Show. Please join the movement. We're the Southern Show, and we need your support by liking us, subscribing to us, following us, whatever the case may be. Bookmark us on your browser and go to y'all.com early and often. Okay, now to the ultimate guide of the South we go, and the staff at y'all.com has a brand new story up that if you have a little doggy or a little kitty cat running around, we've got a great article. You know, those animals need a little love right now during the coronavirus and we can help you with that effort i know some of them are thinking i wish you would just go back to work or go to school or do what you normally do i really miss my days on end of most of the daytime hours spending here at the house uh sleeping on your bed on your pillow while you're away at work or perhaps looking out the window and not worried about whether i i bark all day if i'm a dog or if I'm a cat, now, cats don't really meow if they see somebody coming up the driveway. But they're great creatures to be on the lookout for sure. And so, as a salute to our pets, y'all.com has a new article up, Seven Pet Hygiene Tips. And boy, y'all need to listen up because we want to make our kit, kitty cats and our little puppy dogs happy, okay? So one of the great ways to do that, to keep their hygiene up, is to set a bathing ritual. That seems pretty pretty standard, but if your dog, for example, is a long-haired, active, or spends a lot of time out rolling around, bathing them once a month will be sufficient. But if your pet is the lazy kind, well, you can then only have to bathe them about three months or so. Frequent bathing may lead to scared irritation and dull their coat. So if your dog's very active and has the kind of ability to get dirty more often than not, 
about once a month is a good time to give that dog or maybe a cat. I don't know too many of you that bathe your cats. Cats are usually pretty good at cleaning themselves, if you know what I mean. Meow. <laughs> but one or either three months, depending on their own active lifestyle. Don't miss out on dental hygiene is a great pet hygiene tip coming from y'all.com. Yeah, get out there. I've seen the little toothbrushes you can stick on the end of your finger. And I don't think any dog in the world actually likes that. Or I don't think cats allow you to open up their mouth. But yeah, got to have proper care. And dogs and cats are prone to getting periodontal disease in the gums, which causes a buildup of tartar around the teeth and it could lead to bad breath, infection, or other serious health concerns. So yes, try to get a toothpaste and brush the teeth of the dog every day if you're able to. And kitty cats, yeah, if you're able to get them, Go for it as well. Maybe you've got that kind of close connection that's not that hard to pull off. Hey, if you have a dog or cat, you need to make sure you clean the toys that they play with as those toys have bacteria, yeast, and sometimes dirt gets on the pet toys. So soak the toys for about 30 minutes in half water and half vinegar if you're able to periodically. Make it a monthly habit to wash the toys to ensure your pet stays away from bacteria. Very good point, and you got the time right now to do it, so do it. Also, look after the paws of your animals, because when these animals are outside playing and having a good time, they can attract dust mites, pollens, pesticides, and other pollutants. So make sure you soak their paws or use a wet cloth to rub them down. For hairy dogs, you old hairy dog, you, don't forget to trim the hair between the toes. It will ensure hygiene and bring down the frequent chewing and licking of feet that your dog does. And don't forget also to wash the bed that the dog or cat stays in because your pet ends up rolling around in mud or going and does things outside, perhaps. Yeah, then they come back home and they stay in that pet bed and get it all dirty. So you need to to wash it. If the fabric cover of the bed is removable, then take it off and wash it at least twice a month. If your dog sheds, then vacuum the bed every week to keep it clean and hygienic. That's a darn good point right there. Hey, you also need to clean the food bowls. I know that often gets overlooked, but yes, if you have that fancy pet food out of the can, those really get dirty and nasty, in my opinion, a lot quicker than the the dry food that dogs or cats enjoy. So make sure you clean the food bowls. I think a lot of you probably run them through the dishwasher. You can also wash them by hand if you choose to go that route. Also, look for fleas and ticks. Yes, we're hitting the summer pretty soon. If your pet's always itching or scratching, yeah, there's a good chance they got ticks or fleas. And in the case of your furry friend, it's crucial to look for pests as they carry many diseases. While you must bathe your pet once in every one to three months, you can also get flea and tick prevention treatment every month. Missing out on even one dose can lead to a sudden flare-up of ticks and those nasty old fleas. So very good points here. Coming from y'all.com. Go to the website right now and get a lot more information in the article Seven Pet Hygiene Tips. And that's up right now at y'all.com. See, we not only love the people of the South, we love the dogs and cats. And I'm sure some of these same tips apply if you've got a bunny rabbit or a gerbil or whatever else out there is available to adopt as a pet. You can enjoy that right here on the Y'all Show. Some of you might even have a pet possum. You can try some of these hygiene tips on old Opie if you'd like right there. And that wraps up our first hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We've got Sports Lanyap coming up at the start of Hour 2. Various headlines, including 
the look at the new revised NASCAR schedule. They're going to get up and racing here in just a few days. Information on that. And then a passage in the Major League Baseball family to tell you about, as well as a current star of Major League Baseball in a real fight with cancer. And I'll share who that is, a connection to the South there with that. All that as we begin Hour 2. And then our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans, will also be filing a report in the second hour. All that's coming up right here. Please don't touch that dial. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. I've always wanted to learn another language, but every time I try, it never sticks. So I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and it starts with simple words and phrases, and soon you're putting those words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words I'm struggling with so I can practice them and get better. I chose Babbel because it was created by real language teachers. They built it around real life, how people actually communicate, and what they care about. I can't wait to use my new language skills in the real world. Dos cervezas, por favor. (laughs) With Babbel, get conversational in Spanish, French, German, and more. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book. Take a walk. Unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September. Paint a self-portrait. Catch up on a TV series. Do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Thanks for being on with us. This is the Y'all Show, where we accentuate the South. John Rawl back in for this second hour. And we've got Matt Hermans, our barbecue barrister, lined up and coming at you in the next segment. You don't want to miss out on the fun of that. And you don't want to miss out on the fun right now as we begin this hour with our sports lanyap. Truly a mixed bag of all kinds of sports goodies. And we start out with the NCAA in mind. As over the weekend, the NCAA put out a statement listing the nine core principles to be met before the return of college sports here in the fall of 2020. According to a report, the NCAA released this document that's called the Core Principles of Resocialization of Collegiate Sport, and this comes from the NCAA's COVID-19 panel, which consists of leading medical, public health, and epidemiology experts. And they came up with the nine core principles that will help guide the organization toward reopening college sports in the fall of 2020. So get ready, get your pen and paper out, and write down these nine principles, again, for the NCAA to be looking at and to maybe even meet before they'll give the go-ahead to start 
football and basketball and all the other sports that go on in the fall of 2020. Number one principle, there must not be directives at the national level that preclude resocialization. So if the president decides in September or even August that everything's going to get shut down or the governors across the nation continue to keep things shut down, then that will not be good to get things restarted. Number two, state and local authorities must have in place a plan for resocialization. Some of these states are already kind of doing that, but that's not a nationwide thing. And of course, we're talking about a national body here in the NCAA. A third principle, there should be a plan in place at the university college level for resocialization of students. So the big word here, resocialization, getting back around human beings is the plan. This seems like something out of the out of another galaxy does it not here for me to be telling you all this yes it sure does a fourth principle there must be a plan in place at the university college level for resocialization of student athletes within athletics so you got to get students in general back to the college and then in this fourth principle you got to get the student athletes back around other student athletes on the college level number five principle there must be adequate personnel protective equipment for athletes athletic health care providers And there must be sanitizers to manage infection control in all shared athletic space. I can't imagine what it's going to be like here in the fall. I can't imagine what it is going to be like to go into your local gym right now. Some states have even started opening them up on a very limited level. And I bet you there's going to be people walking around with little bottles of disinfectant. And every move you make, there's going to be somebody spraying it. Or the burden's on you to do that. I know at my local gym, I've had those little wipes you use after you kind of get finished with a set. And I just can't imagine those things are all that good. So I, I don't know what's happened in the last six weeks that might help if you like to go work out and use this equipment, this protective equipment for your personal protection. I, I don't know how well it's going to go going forward but i think some of this is for show i think some of the mask wearing is for show i know it's a better idea than not to have one but oftentimes you go into restaurants you go into other businesses where maybe some of these rules have been relaxed a little bit and you know what you find you find people that have masks on but they sure as heck aren't wearing them properly i've seen a lot of people going around wearing masks around their neck and that's not a good plan i've seen some people have masks on but they're only covering their mouth and from what little i know and i'm certainly not a doctor i think this COVID 19 really is more of a nasal issue it comes in through the nose back me up on this if i'm right or wrong uh i i think you need to cover all areas around your nose and mouth is the best plan if you're going to go with a mask okay The other principle to be in the terms of the NCAA to be sharing with you today, there must be the ability to assess immunity to COVID-19 at a regional and local level. This could include immunity at the college campus, plus a more focused assessment of herd immunity for athletics teams. I talked to a doctor the other day. You know what he told me? He says, everybody just kind of needs to get this virus in their system. And I know some of you might end up dying, and that's terrible. It could be me. It could be you. But for the most part, we've got to, as we just said, that word, a herd herd immunity. We need to get used to this thing. It needs to be not that big a deal if if you have enough people that have been affected by it and they're asymptomatic. And if everybody becomes asymptomatic, that's good. That's real good. And that's where this may be going with this NCAA 
their principles to be met for the return of college sports the seventh principle from the ncaa there must be access to reliable rapid diagnostic testing on any individual who's suspected of having the coronavirus and the symptoms of covid19 so yeah that's another issue we all know here the last six weeks where testing has been very hard to come about and there's a reason for that we didn't know what the heck this thing was six months ago five months ago four months ago so it's hard to come up with tests if you don't even know what it is and so a lot of people want to bash the leaders of the country or in most cases the leader of the country and we just didn't know in fact we're we're changing our game plan every day on how to treat this stuff the best we can until we get a vaccine Number eight principle, there must be in place a local surveillance system so that newly identified cases can be identified promptly and isolated and their close contacts must be managed appropriately. That seems very, very reasonable and very, very much proactive in terms of keeping this thing contained. And then the last principle come from the NCAA, there must be clearly identified and transparent risk analysis in place. Such risk analyses consider issues such as economics, education, restoration of society and medical risk of sport participation including coronavirus infection and possible death a very scientific type report i'm telling you about here coming from the NCAA, ncaa as they list their nine core principles to be met for the return of college sports and if they're really serious about this and i'm sure they would be or else they wouldn't have had this report come out over the weekend look it's going to be a while before we get the go-ahead for college sports i know a lot of people are planning for it and I know a lot of people, the fans are definitely getting excited for it. But yes, it's it's going to be pretty hard to pull off. Now, at ESPN.com, they have a story up that I'm going to give you a little bit of a taste of it right now here on the Y'all Show. And the story's titled, How Will Coronavirus Affect the College Football Season in 2020? And yeah, there's a chance that you might see the football season be pushed back even into the spring of 2021. One scenario, according to this article, is a worst-case scenario in which college sports would be canceled altogether this fall, just like it was here in the spring. And that's going to be just devastating financially for colleges out there. ESPN has gone and interviewed dozens of athletic directors, coaches, and commissioners from the 10 different FBS conferences, and a very, very wide range of feedback has come in. But the consensus so far is that while no one knows what will happen next, Officials are determined to save the season this fall in one way or another. That's good news. The athletic director at University of Central Florida, Danny White, said, There isn't a model I can run to fix the problem of not having any football. I don't think there's anybody in my position with a big football fan base that can make decisions to fix that. I don't know what happens. There's not a model. There's not a solution. There's not an action I can take that's going to solve that problem. Make football great again. Make football happen is just a good hashtag we need to have here. Now, the coach of the Miami Hurricanes, Manny Diaz, he summed up the situation pretty well. As he said, we all know what we want, but we've encountered something that's unprecedented. We have to play it out and see what we can get. That's the difference. Let's see how good we can get it. I believe we'll be appreciative for whatever we get. That from Manny Diaz, former Vanderbilt and current Penn State coach James Franklin. He had something to say about all that. He said, is it 30 days? Is it 45 days, 60 days, 90 days? What is it 
that's needed to make sure that we're going to be in good shape, that the players are going to be able to protect themselves and go out and compete on a high level. Only time will tell, but we sure, sure hope that our football teams around the South get out here and get a chance to play, practice, and and bring a lot of delight, even if it's through television. If we're not allowed to see games in person in the next couple of months, football is such a big generator, especially college football, a generator of money, big-time money, billions of dollars. It needs to happen some way, somehow, if they can figure it all out. Now, one thing that college football depends on to survive is not only just the fact that they can get out there and play. they got to have the the horses to be able to play. And Jeremy Pruitt on Rocky Top, he and the Tennessee Vols are doing great things in football here during the midst of this pandemic. The Vols have added five commits in the last couple of days, and they've moved up in the recruiting rankings to number three. That's number three on the 24-7 sports list. And yeah, they've gotten two five-star recruits and two four-stars and a top-rated running back in junior college to be Rocky Top Bound. South Carolina native Tyon Evans made his pledge to the Vols last week, and he is a top-rated junior college running back in the country, headed now to the Tennessee Vols as he played at Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. And now this J.C. Juco running back from South Carolina originally headed to Rocky Top to suit up for the Vols. Another great pickup for Jeremy Pruitt. Dylan Brooks, the top-ranked prospect in all of Alabama, he kicked off this great trend of recruiting for the Vols when he decided to sign with Tennessee. An edge rusher ranked in the 18th best prospect in the country by 24-7 sports. He decommitted from Florida. and Now, this is another, another prospect. After decommitting from the Florida Gators, four-star safety prospect Kamar Wilcoxon from Bradenton, Florida, announced that he would join the 2021 class of Tennessee here on Monday. So, more players, Knoxville-bound, Pruitt and UT, I saw a report the other day. They were proactive in this coronavirus. They have come out with some great social media marketing over the last six weeks. And maybe that's the main reason a lot of these players throughout junior college and on the high school level are making their pledge to go be a Tennessee Vol in the near future. And that would definitely beef up Tennessee's chances of getting back to some kind of national prominence now to the world of baseball and the baltimore air orioles are in in all of baseball right now having trey mancini on everybody's he's on everybody's thoughts right now as the orioles player the outfielder announced that he has stage three colon cancer and the orioles and mlb are uniting to try to come out with a great way to show the support in fact the orioles just this last couple days put out a zoom video of the various Oriole players all teaming up with the hashtag F16HT. And and it kind of looks like fight. But again, it kind of plays off of Trey Mancini's number, number 16, he is. But yes, the Orioles player who turned 28 in March, he had to leave the spring training of the Orioles to remove a malignant tumor from his colon. And now, again, after this diagnosis of Stage 3 colon cancer. We wish Trey Mancini all the best. He is a native of Florida, born in Winter Haven, and he went to Winter Haven High School. Then he went to play college baseball for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish before ultimately going and being drafted 
into baseball and he's been with the Orioles since September of 2016 he's got a 276 batting average and has hit nearly 90 home runs throughout his four years in the majors but best of luck to this outfielder Trey Mancini of the O's and his fight against cancer major league baseball great Matt Keogh has died at the age of 64 he was a pitcher for major league baseball for many teams and had been an executive in MLB he started out his career for the A's back in 1977 and played with the athletics from 87 or rather 77 83 and then he went on to play with the Yankees Cardinals Cubs Astros and ended up retiring after that he was an all-star in 1978 with the oakland a's and if you were a fan of the nashville sounds back in the early 80s you might remember him coming and playing there with the sounds when they were there at greer stadium in nashville but yes he was signed as an infielder but ultimately ended up becoming a very good pitcher for the oakland a's and now has passed away as i said he also spent time as an executive in major league baseball he passed away at the age of 64 no known reason for the death at this point but our thoughts to the matt keogh family after his passage here this last couple of days now the nfl has they're getting ready to release a full 17-week schedule and that's coming up here in just a few days according to a league spokesperson and yeah if they're going forward with this that's that's a good sign is it not yes it's a good sign that they're planning a full season and that would be wonderful news is you're going to have a relocation of the raiders to las vegas here in 2020 and with a again 17 week schedule this is a change normally nfl has been 16 weeks for many many decades and now according to this new plan they're going to have extra playoff teams and a 17 week regular season forthcoming in 2020 if indeed it goes off as at least they're planning but look for that full schedule to come out here in just a few days and finally speaking of scheduling nascar as we told you recently will remind you that we're just a handful of days from nascar's green flag it'll be next week and that's when nascar will get up and going again and they'll be racing in darlington they're going to have two straight races there at the track too tough to tame in darlington south carolina first race will be a 400 mile race on may 17th that's sunday may 17th all these races will be televised nationally on fox sports and or fs1 and darlington's gonna have a race just after that sunday race then on wednesday may 20th a race there how about that wednesday racing they'll have a 310 mile race at darlington there back-to-back races there in the pd of south carolina and then they'll just move two hours away from darlington for races in charlotte on may 24th that's a sunday it'll be the big race at charlotte the 600 mile race there at charlotte motor speedway and then they'll stick around charlotte as that's the home base for most of nascar anyway and on wednesday another wednesday race wednesday may 27th they'll have a 300 mile nascar race at charlotte motor speedway and then perhaps by then they'll be able to get things back on track these races as far as i know will not have spectators in the stands it'll be a made for tv event but nascar may 17th write it down next sunday you're going to have some racing to tune in and check out and if you're a fan of go fast and turn left then this ought to be darn good news for you you know what else is great news mad hermans and the barbecue barrister the guy that comes on here every week and tells us about great tips for the grill or how you get stuff prepared in the kitchen 
He's coming up next. Vroom, vroom. Get your game on. Get your grilling game on. That's coming up next here on the show that is all about the South. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. I've always wanted to learn another language, but every time I try, it never sticks. So I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and it starts with simple words and phrases. And soon, you're putting those words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words I'm struggling with so I can practice them and get better. I chose Babbel because it was created by real language teachers. They built it around real life, how people actually communicate, and what they care about. I can't wait to use my new language skills in the real world. Dos cervezas, por favor. (laughs) With Babbel, get conversational in Spanish, French, German, and more. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know, we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate buzz just a sipping on suds. Ain't ever too early to light one up, fill up your cup. Cause I ain't no party like Talk with a Southern accent. That's what we do right here on the Y'all Show. John Rawl back in here as we get this Tuesday really cooking up big time with our barbecue barrister. Matt Hearman's now coming on board as he is with us talking barbecue, grilling, and just giving us great facts and nuggets about life. And we're welcoming in Matt Hearman's to the Y'all Show right now. Barbecue barrister, how the heck are you, sir? I'm doing great, John. I'm still uh, locked down at the house, but uh, smoking and blowing and doing great. <laughs> smoking. Yourself? You know, when I was growing up, it was smoking and joking, but you truly smoke, yeah. and, smoke and blow your way through life. 
Uh, well, you know, blowing and going, smoke. I just kind of combined some different sayings here. I mean, these are the kind of things that you do when you're locked in your house for a month. You start coming up with your own sayings, I guess. So here we go. Well, smoking is a good thing for what you do. You're the barbecue huh. barrister. And that doesn't come lightly. We don't just give anybody that title. But Matt Hermans is our barbecue barrister right here on the Y'all Show. If you'd like to reach out to the barbecue barrister, it's very easy to do. You can reach us here at 803-816-1170, and that's how you can connect to the barrister. Or you can, if you find us right now on Facebook Live, you can go to our y'all.com Facebook Live page, and the barbecue barrister is awaiting your response in fact i don't know if you've gone through our comments lately barbecue barrister but we've had some people chime in over the last few weeks wanting to know your take on things so we appreciate all of that feedback and remember no question is too dumb and i've asked plenty of dumb d-u-double-m questions right here on the y'all show to our barbecue barrister now haven't i matt no comment (laughs) what a friend what a friend we have in matt hermans Yes, we're here talking with him about grilling and more, and we are slowly but surely coming out of this darn shutdown here for the last six weeks. And I want to ask you, as you have been well aware with the news reports, we've had a lot of our great food industry workers come down positive for the coronavirus at our meat plants around the country, really. And we're getting the warning signs there may be a meat shortage. Have you seen such a shortage thus far? And what are we going to do to get through this thing? Well, I don't know about a shortage per se, maybe a selection issue. Um, I can't say that there has been any shortage of meat. In other words, uh, if you want to go to the grocery store, and at least in my area, there is there is meat. There is frozen meat. There's all kinds of meat. The selection has just not been exactly what it was, and there's a rotation. So one day there'll be a heck of a lot of this kind of meat. The next week you may see this meat. So the selection has been less than ideal, but there has been no shortage, at least in this area, and maybe I'm fortunate uh, to say that. But from what I understand, I think a lot of the meat production um, is going to be – Again, I haven't followed the news probably as closely as you have, John, but from what I understand, uh, the meat production facilities are going to be kind of forced to stay open, at least for the time being. That's the executive um, order coming from our commander-in-chief. However, you just can't pull anybody off the street overnight and get them working on a meat production line, I wouldn't think. And I know a lot (laughs) – maybe you can't. I think you might be able to do that pretty close to that. Maybe not overnight, but – uh, I think I don't think uh, I think it takes a whole lot to, particularly at these big agricultural operations. It's not going to take you a, a year to learn the tricks of the trade there. So I think I'm not terribly worried about that. I think uh, you know, hey, if I go to the store and I'm looking for a particular set of ribs, maybe I'm upset that they don't have those, but I'm very very happy that there's other kind of meats. We've kind of discussed that on the show before is like expand you know maybe this is a good time to expand your horizons and smoke some other things and grill some other things and i've done that so um while i've been tempted to complain maybe the baby backs weren't where the baby back should be and you know, i gotta wait another week to get the kind of ribs i want uh i can't i guess i can't really complain because there has not been a shortage there's been plenty of meat just maybe a different selection situation i think the concern going forward is 
that the food supply chain is going to get kind of out of whack with all these people testing positive at plants in South Dakota. I know there was a plant around Nashville that also had a lot of workers test positive for the coronavirus there. And so we may not be feeling it right this second, but a couple of days or weeks down the road, you could be seeing more of a, a little bit of a shortage of the food chain supply there. And that's, yeah. that's the well, problem. That's, that's a good that's a good point too i would say um you know it's a good time to get in touch with maybe some local farmers or uh, maybe some farmers markets um particularly whatever region you're in it may sound kind of goofy but uh, there are probably local farmers that sell to small operations wherever you live and maybe it's a good time to kind of uh do a little research in case the big operations you know lose some of their manpower uh, you can always go to the little guys around the corner, maybe. So that's in the theme of our show. Maybe that's a good thing to do is maybe figure out who's who's got eggs, who's got meat, who's got chickens around next to you. And I bet you you can find a small local farm around you if you look. You're right. In fact, man, I'm going to get my inner barbecue and grilling on myself as I talk to our barbecue barrister here. About this time last year, one of our great affiliates, WTJS-FM, the afternoon show, George B., has a local meat sponsor they have a farm that provides beef and other items in that area of the wtgs listening area and i got a chance to go to a a kind of appreciation party they were having and i had never had a hamburger that came from a truly small operation like that place there in lexington tennessee had and it was delicious the meat was so much better and I think they made a big deal out of saying it was grass-fed. I don't know what they normally feed the cows. that They get slaughtered and show up in your hamburgers at the fast food places. But it truly did give you a very more elite taste. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. There is, there is a difference. Um, you know, I like to strike a, a balance between, you know, I understand uh, a lot of folks uh, – you know, you got to go to the grocery store that's close to you, and a lot of people are on a budget, and I certainly understand that. So you got to do what you can do. Um, but there is a difference, and you've you've experienced it there, John, from a a cow, you know, raised um, outside of the uh, let's call it the corporate agricultural kind of method that's able to roam and eat grass and, and probably a little bit healthier. There is a big difference. Cows are not the only thing. There are pigs that are raised on small farms with large areas to roam that eat grass and grain and uh, root around kind of more naturally than, you know, kind of what they're used to doing as opposed to kind of the large factory farms where they don't do any of that. So, you know, um, I tend to, I really haven't made any bones, but I tend to like to support the small guy and the little guy, the, the local farmer, but I also understand that comes at a cost premium. So um, while I enjoy maybe eating a little bit less and, and purchasing from a, a smaller farm, not everybody can or wants to do that, but I would encourage folks, this might be the time to do it because a lot of these, when I say small farms, particularly if you've got a farmer's market around you and, you know, I know for a fact there are a lot of great farmers market throughout the South. Um, a lot of times you're talking a family, literally a family farm, a husband, a wife, and maybe some kids and, and a helper. And that's it. There's no giant manpower that, you know, like a Tyson or something like that, or a Smithfield where to be quite honest, they've kind of outsourced a lot of this stuff to people um, across the world. But um, anyway, that's, 
you know, this is the right time to maybe give it a shot. Maybe try your local farmer and, and, uh, cause they're not shutting down. They, they don't, again, a lot of these people are working them themselves. There's a, there's a guy next, uh, close to me that sells eggs and he's into the local stores and it's just him and his wife. But, um, you know, that's helpful to know that there's a person right up the road who's, who's providing eggs. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's a time to kind of go back to a smaller situation and maybe, um, I don't know, maybe it's something for people to look into and, and you're always supporting a family as opposed to a big, big business operation. So, uh, I encourage folks to do that. If you can, if you can't, you can't, but if you can, it's a great thing to do. Matt, you were talking about the local sourcing, I think is the term. It's like really a buzzword. In fact, it's kind of a symbol of being woke these days. If you go to a oh, restaurant oh, and they whoa, got... Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I said woke, <laughs> not woke. No, I don't know. Okay. You, you need to say hold your horses instead of woke. Well, uh, yeah, I don't... Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't describe myself as woke, but uh, I know what you mean. There is a... You know, there's things that uh, little little phrases, um, buzzwords like farm to table and locally sourced. CSA. Yeah. What is that? Uh, you know, it's it's I, like it sounds trendy, but uh, it's really not. It's really kind of the way things uh, used to be before. Mm-hmm. You know, there were four or five massive agricultural corporations that run everything. So, I mean, look, I know people in. To me too, I hear things like that, and I think, "Oh wow, fifty dollars a plate for a, you know, a, a what an artisanal collard green or something like that." But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it is really uh, just it just means you're buying from someone who's doing it probably right and probably close to you, and who's probably supporting their family by doing it, and it's probably of a higher quality. So if you can kind of get past the. <laughs> the woke sounding buzzwords uh it's really just kind of a return to a small farming and a small local type of thing and the cool thing about it too john is when you go somewhere and you eat at a place like that or you buy something from a local market you're actually eating what that place kind of tastes like you're not eating something that was imported from another country or another state you're eating something that was grown right there in the dirt if you're someone who likes travel and region and then you'll like that too. And I'm, I'm admittedly a, a goofy guy that likes that type of stuff. I don't want to dare try to compare my background to the people involved in the meat industry. That is farming, but it's farming of another kind. I will say as the third generation child of vegetable farmers, this whole trend about locally sourced vegetables I don't know about you. I know how hard it is to grow really good looking vegetables. But thankfully, my my roots, we grow exceptional looking produce. It's available across the country, by the way, in case you want to go look for the raw name on your local grocery store for some of your veggies. But it's hard to do and it takes a lot of money. And frankly, it takes a lot of pesticide and other products of which is not a good thing to say to most people. But if you didn't have those things, you wouldn't have anywhere near the quality and I know some people have tried the organic type of growing. That just doesn't. That doesn't. That dog don't hunt, Matt Hermans. Not, <laughs> not when it comes to vegetables. I will. Uh, I will defer. I did not come from a family of vegetable farmers, so I'm going to defer to your expertise there. Yeah, and, and trust me, people have been eating vegetables the way that the large farms grow them, and that's the way they do them in Mexico. Which, of course, if you go to your local produce store. Chances are about 80% of the produce is probably from Mexico. That's really a shame, but it's really the truth. And so, yeah, that 
they're they're not following organic pattern they may some people even call it organic and it ain't anywhere it ain't close to being organic yeah. in, in terms of the the vegetable side but we're not here to talk veggies even though i'm sure matt hearman's probably enjoys talking a little vegetables with us by the way speaking of mexico do we import meat from south of the border are you aware of that yeah, I mean, you, we import everything. Uh, okay, <laughs> we import everything in this country. Um, yeah, if even the coronavirus. We import, yeah, that's right. We import viruses, meat, vegetables, electronics. Uh, pretty much import everything, which okay. is, um, you know, not necessarily something um, that we want to do forever. I don't think, uh, but you know, yeah, we, there, there, you do, and and honestly, that's another. You know, to go back, we we're talking about it's another reason to that it, that it's kind of a, a nice thing to be able to buy meat when you know where it comes from. You can drive there and you could look at it if you wanted to. Not that you'd want to, but if you wanted to, you could. And there are places around that that still do that because you don't know what's going on in other places. You don't know what's going on in this country half the time, but you certainly don't know what's going on in another place. It doesn't have the same rules and regulations. Doesn't have a USDA inspector and whatever you feel about those regulations. Zero regulations is probably not something you want to put into your mouth. So, uh, yeah, you keep that in mind for sure. And you're exactly right about uh, produce. Um, I think people would be shocked to know uh, how little you're actually um, buying from this country. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, uh, I like to try to support the local people when I can. And if that's possible, again, I would just encourage folks to try to do that. And it's no secret. That, that's one thing. If it's not grown in the country, it they usually don't lie. It usually says right there on the product, made in or imported from a country like Mexico or even further south. We are visiting with our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. We've got another segment left with the guy that knows everything about food. And if he doesn't, well, he'll go find out real quick during this commercial break. I think he knows. More with our bar- barbecue barrister is coming right up here on the Y'all Show. Stay where you are. I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor. (laughs) Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults 
Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com, sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. We're back on the Y'all Show talking with a Southern accent. Good to have you back with us. Reminder, we've got an action-packed Wednesday Y'all Show headed your way with our ACC News and Precious Harris coming up. And then join us on Thursday. We're going to virtually go to Auburn, Opelika, Alabama as our spring swing tour continues. This will be our second stop. And we've got some great guests that will be joining us from Auburn and Opelika, the plains of Auburn in East Alabama. And we're going to have a great time going to a restaurant there. We'll go to the hotel at Auburn University for a tour of that property. And then the tourism office there in Auburn Opelika is going to be on to talk about all the various options you have when you go to Auburn and Opelika, Alabama. All that again on the Thursday Y'all Show. You don't want to miss out on the fun. And then on Friday, we have a very, very special guest that will be joining me. It's actually his 10th birthday. And normally I don't let you little youngins come on the Y'all Show, but he's earned it because, well, it's my son. And I let him on here about once a year. And I don't usually let him on until he's finished his grade. Well, guess what? Because of this virus, like a lot of kids, they've already been told that this Friday is going to be their last day at school. They've been just like a lot of students doing things virtually the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if it's not working well or what, but they're just saying, hey, we're going to shut it down come Friday. So as a reward, Knowlton's going to be on here. and We're going to have a great time talking with him as he celebrates also Friday his 10th birthday. So Matt Hermans, I don't know how you are at making birthday cakes, but if you uh, can whip up one here real quick, we'd appreciate it if you get to me by Friday. You probably wouldn't want to eat anything that I would bake. Is that right? Absolutely not. I, I I know there's some form of egg and flour, and that's about all I know about baking. I know it's a science, which means I avoid it. Ah, well, a delicious birthday cake, especially ones you do try to make, are something special. And I haven't had one in a while. In fact, I I guess I need to be getting one ready for the old boy come Friday for yes, our fun there. Dad. Yes, that's part of the duties, as you will soon find out. You you haven't had your first child's uh, first birthday party, but it'll be here before you know it, and, and they are fun. And I don't I don't know about you. Did you always have a big birthday for every single year when you were a kid, or do you just remember? No, you know, uh, maybe I was. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't into that. I never have. Uh, like to really kind of be the center of attention. So I started once I hit a certain age, it started getting weird. And I was like, man, I don't know what I don't like all this stuff. So I just have a few friends over and we'd hang out and do things like that. But I wasn't a big fan of the big birthday, I like the presents, but yeah, never a big. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like, yeah, I like to kind of blend in and have a good time. I wasn't a big birthday guy. What about you? I, unfortunately, you aren't you the eldest child? 
I am, yeah. Okay, well, I'm the baby child. And let me tell you, it has to be a lot more fun to be the eldest as it is to be the baby, because when you're the baby, you kind of get forgotten about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. After no, your sure parents that. have had three kids and you're number three, well, there comes a point in time where it's just, yeah, it's just another birthday party. And so <laughs> I, I kind of got, I kind of got the short end of the stick. And also, my birthday is in early August. Your birthday is when? July second. I didn't. You didn't have to tell me the exact date. Now, now you got me guilted into making sure I get you something. July second. That's just before that other birthday here, July fourth. But when your birthday is in early August, what doesn't happen typically in early August? What's not going on usually? At least in the old days. Yeah, there's no football. And no football. Well, there actually is preseason. There's no school. And so because there's normally no school, when I was going to school, we didn't go back till around late August. And so when you don't have a birthday that happens in the middle of the school year, you don't have your friends come up and say happy birthday. They don't bring you little happy cards and other fun things. It's I don't know why my parents had to have me in August. I need somebody to cry to. (laughs) It's just not fair. It's not fair. And, and no, man, you made it. You made it, though. You made it, though. Did I have a have a? I, I don't know. We're, we're getting people picking on us right now. I don't think we have Keith from the Big Island in Hawaii is actually chiming in to us right now. Oh, really? And do you know what this guy Keith has just accused? He, he used plural, so he's accusing both of us. Of being hippies. That's his word. Hippies. <laughs> and I know my hair's a little long. And I I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm not with the shirt and tie like I sometimes am on on the show today, but come on, man. Now Matt Herman's yeah, let, let's let's take a look at this guy. Look at that. Yeah, that's kinda hippieish. Mm, yeah, well, you know, I kinda kinda know where this guy's coming from. Um but uh I will say I'm taking full advantage of this uh um, this time at the house, you know, with no shaving and, uh, you know, putting on a suit and going into a courtroom and stuff like that. I mean, I've gone completely the other direction. So, uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, how am I going to defend myself over that charge? I really can't. I mean, you're looking at me right now, right? So, uh, I've experimented with facial hair. I've let it grow out. I mean, I'm, uh, like I say, and, uh, I told my wife, you know, in the memory of, of Joe Diffie, I've got a mullet and I've got a I've got a mustache now. You know, so uh, that's and a, my and tribute a, and a bed that never had to be made. That's right. I I got one right there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just put it. This is my this is my uh, summer, this is my springtime tribute to the great Joe Diffie, uh, who we lost a while ago, and uh, to the you know, coronavirus. Sadly, I I know, and uh, you know. At some point in time, I'll be clean cutting back in the courtroom. But until then, I'm, uh, you know, I'm rolling uh, late 1970s style. <laughs> well, speaking of when it comes to grooming, and we got to get back to talking food as much as I'd like to talk about our personal hair care and stuff like that. When it comes to barbecue restaurants, they're kind of a little bit different, are they not, in terms of cleanliness? Meaning that a lot of restaurants, they get the food inspectors coming in all the time. They've got to have that A grade. The way a smoker at a real barbecue restaurant set up, do you, do you have to come in there with the nets all over your hair when you're preparing a pig to smoke? Does it really matter if one follicle gets into that pig while you're cooking it at 5,000 degrees? Well, if you're cooking at five thousand, it's not going to be very tender, John. I got to <laughs> tell you, but uh, 
you know, yeah, you don't want you, you want you want a high level of cleanliness for sure. You don't want new follicles in the pork for sure. But oh. I, will, I will say a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, especially in kind of an old school barbecue joint, you're going to have your smoker outside. That, that's building. what I was getting at. Don't you think there's got to yeah. be some different rules for barbecue yeah, versus your and, Starbucks you know, of the world? By state. You know, it's it's state by state, but generally, you're right. If you've got your pit outside, that's a whole different animal. We're talking about a pig, but that's a whole different uh, <laughs> animal than it would be if you have something inside in a kitchen. So, yeah, you've got kitchen rules, then you've got your outside smoker. Now, sometimes you've got a smoker that's inside that has a vent going up, and that's a little bit different. But, yeah, there's a different set of rules. you got your pit outside versus the kitchen. Kitchen has very specific rules, and it varies by state, but it's different if you've got your pit outside. For Pitt's sake. Okay. I'm glad we found out from our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, wrapping up our conversation with our barrister here on today's Y'all Show. Now, I know you're not a big fan. I have to bring this up as we wrap up because I had something this weekend, this past weekend, that I had not had in a long, long time. And I know you're not typically a fish guy, but I had some good popcorn shrimp. Are you okay with popcorn shrimp? Um, I love shrimp. I'll just say that popcorn, maybe not my favorite, but I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to throw, oh, look, I'm going to be a cool guy. I'm not going to throw shade at your popcorn shrimp. John. <laughs> well, I had, like it. It. I, it was delicious and I hadn't had it in a long time. There you go. I guess I've go. kind of gotten uh, frustrated going to the captain D's AKA captain diseases of the world and the long John silvers and their, <laughs> their version of shrimp was not what I experienced at this place that I went to this past weekend. So yeah, yeah. are you okay well, with shrimp on the grill, at least a fried shrimp? on the grill oh i love shrimp I, I mean i live along the gulf coast i love grilled shrimp i love i, I don't want to get like forrest gump here but grilled shrimp no go, do, do it do it come on blackened shrimp you know shrimp scampi i like all kinds of shrimp man i like stuffed shrimp so i like it all but but the you only, like I, making not, it on the grill i love it i love grilling it. i like a little blackened seasoning i like cooking it over charcoal Grilled shrimp, fantastic. Little butter sauce, little crystal, and uh, some garlic in there to dip into. It's wonderful. Glorious. I'm yeah. glad I asked the question because I had gathered from past conversations with our barbecue barrister that you're not a big fan of the fish, and I think it's because there's no afterlife for that fish, right? Well, no, no. I'm not a big fan of saving fish after you cook it. That's I what love I fish. I love seafood as long as it's fresh and local. Fresh and local. I love seafood. Absolutely. Well, there's. I don't think we have to worry about maybe some of the COVID-19 problems when it comes to the fish industry, of all things, while our meat plants may be a little bit under the gun from in terms of a positive coronavirus standing we, let's hope that the Gulf shrimp and all the other products that are coming out these days, I, I guess crawfish is still available for a short time, right? Yeah, we got a little, craw, little bit of crawfish season left that usually winds up eh, this month or June, but you might be able to sneak out and eat some bugs right now if you want to. All right. Well, Matt Hermans, hippie that you are. Keith, we won't hold that against you for weighing in here. We'll, we'll go get our I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get in touch with this guy, Keith. I don't know about this. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think he actually was reaching out to us from Hawaii. Do we really yeah, want to yeah. get a little bit of a, a rivalry going with our fiftieth state, the Aloha State? I mean, come on, what, what a Hawaii? Come on. 
This is the Y'all Show. We appreciate y'all for being on with us. Matt Hermans has been our very special guest. We'll see you back here for Wednesday. More of the show that's all about the South, and it'll be a good one. Have a good one yourselves. I've always wanted to learn another language, but every time I try, it never sticks. So I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and it starts with simple words and phrases. And soon, you're putting those words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words I'm struggling with so I can practice them and get better. I chose Babbel because it was created by real language teachers. They built it around real life, how people actually communicate, and what they care about. I can't wait to use my new language skills in the real world. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> With Babbel, get conversational in Spanish, French, German, and more. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book. Take a walk. Unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September. Paint a self-portrait. Catch up on a TV series. Do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council.